Hello, my dear students. Uh, welcome to this uh, great uh, presentation. This is 19 presentation. Uh, more details about this is below the video. Uh, please use it in your research. So let's go. Welcome back to the Path to Happiness. I'm your host, Dr. Tyler Hendricks. In our last session, we learned that we can have the divine value of Christ if we connect to Jesus, who came as the new Adam to give rebirth to humankind. As we become aware of our original value and follow Jesus' way of faith, we can fulfill the purpose of creation. But how does this happen? Christians have been baptized and taken communion for 2,000 years, but still we're waiting for something more called the second coming. Jesus shed his blood for me, but I still have sin. Who's going to figure this out? This is what Reverend Moon teaches about, and we're going to get into that now. The word Messiah in, ver in Hebrew was a verb, meaning to anoint with oil. It evolved into the one who was anointed with oil. One Jewish tradition was a ritual of pouring oil to signify blessedness or God's choosing that person for a special mission. In the later days, in addition to the king, they also anointed high priests and heads of clans. To be, to be the Messiah the, the means to be the anointed one. So the Messiah was a great priest, a ruler, or a king. Centuries later, the one who was anointed with oil transformed into a savior who would overcome Satan and judge the living and the dead. How did, how did this transformation of Jewish faith happen? The Babylonian Empire destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and exiled the Jews to Babylon. And 200 years later, the Jews, the uh, Persian king Cyrus, destroyed the Babylonian Empire brought the Jews into Persia and allowed the Jews freedom of worship and eventually to go back to Palestine and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. During this period, the expectation of the Messiah grew. At this time, influenced by the Persian religion, Zoroastrianism, the meaning of the word Messiah evolved from ruler to judge and the meaning of the mission transformed into that of a son of God and a personal savior, the Christ. In this context, we will discuss the mission of Jesus and our relationship with him. First of all, from the point of view of our relationship with God as fallen people, we lost the rights and benefits of God's children due to the fall. We were downgraded to being like orphans. We want to become complete partners to God and receive God's love, but our parents failed. Satan infected their love, and we were born from that false love, speaking of Adam and Eve, who built a relationship with Satan. So we are plagued with selfish desires, and in Jesus' words, we're children of Lucifer, an angel. Now, angels are servants. So we end up being servants of servants. 
We therefore are in a midway position between God and Satan, a position where we worship both God and Satan. We have true love and false love within us. That's the contradiction. That's the struggle. And it's endless. And that leads to the next point. Instead of mind and body being harmonious, the two struggle and conflict. Our conscience is in conflict with our instinctual physical mind. We became divided between good and evil. The spirit should rule the physical body, but it came under the control of the physical body. At the same time, the harmonious reciprocity between man and woman was destroyed. The struggle within each person cripples our ability to love as husband and wife. And the conflict between man and woman, our inability to relate centered on God, has terrible social repercussions. The third result of the fall is that from the standpoint of the principled growing period, Adam and Eve fell around age 16, the top of the growth stage toward maturity. They left the realm of principle and became primitive cave dwellers, suffering in a savage state of existence, a world ruled by tooth and claw, where the creation itself was chained in suffering. Fourth, spiritually and physically, we fell into a world of total ignorance. We lost our awareness of God's existence, and even more so, our awareness of God's heart and his plan. We were dominated by the evil spirit world and became completely ignorant about the universe and the creation around us. Fifth, we became stained with original sin and guilt. We adopted a selfish and a vicious character, trying to dominate each other out of fear and lust. As generations passed, we inherited the results of our parents' and grandparents' sin, going all the way back to the fall and to Cain and Abel, as well as the collective sin of our tribe or the kingdom that we were a part of. Sixth, the fall created a set of illicit relationships. The four-position foundation became centered on Satan. So it went beyond the personal fall to the fall of the family, the tribe, and the larger collectives. This made it possible for Satan to gain ownership of the entire world and to dominate hell on earth as if it is the natural way things are. This is why Jesus identified Satan as the ruler of this world. We need to transform ourselves from Satan's children to God's children. We need to rid ourselves of sin and wash away the guilt of sin. We need to be awakened and find wisdom that will move us from ignorance to knowledge. We need to practice and follow the principle of restoration and restore ourselves to the point that we reached before the fall and then accomplish the three great blessings and create heaven on earth and live eternally in heaven in the spirit world. 
This is the ideal. This is the vision that Christ gives to us. Now, if Adam was our false parent, Jesus was sent to be the true parent, to give rebirth to fallen human beings. Jesus came as a savior to rescue human beings. Jesus came as the teacher to awaken us who are lost in the darkness of spiritual and physical ignorance by his words and to teach us God's heart and God's plan. He came as the true owner and king to restore this world of hell into the original world of creation. This is who Jesus is. When we consider Jesus to be a true parent, it means that he is the father who came to give us rebirth. If Adam and Eve had fulfilled the purpose of creation, they would have become the true parents of humankind. And their children would have been physically and spiritually one with God. And their descendants would have been born physically and spiritually true. But they fell spiritually and physically. And their children inherited this separation from God, both spiritual and physical. Now, in John chapter 3, Jesus said to Nicodemus that if we are not born a second time, we will not be able to set foot in God's kingdom. So we need a new birth. But parents with original sin cannot give new birth, cannot create sinless children. We need sinless parents. Where do they come from? Sinless parents directly descend from heaven. Jesus said, the Son of Man came from heaven. Jesus is such a father. He was one with God, physically as well as spiritually. Hence, Jesus is the one who came to give us rebirth, spiritually and physically, as a true father. But there's something missing from that picture. We all know that a father alone cannot give birth. A true mother is also needed. Jesus was supposed to find the one who came to be the true mother and marry her with God's full and complete blessing. And they would unite as one flesh, spiritually and physically, and together with her become true parents. But Jesus went to the cross with no bride. He resurrected and he stayed with the disciples for 40 days and he ascended to the Father and then the bride appeared from God. Who was that bride? The Holy Spirit. And who are their children? The reborn believers. The true Father is Jesus. And the true mother's position is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit who gives new life to the children through the Holy Mother Church. The church, according to Paul, is the Jerusalem above our mother. Now, in Revelation, the new Jerusalem, the Jerusalem above, comes down from heaven as what? 
as a bride. Christians are reborn when they come to Jesus through the bride, through the Holy Spirit. In the realm of the fall, our value is, as my father put it, that of an ant. But God can change that. We can be reborn through Jesus, who is the true parent, true teacher, and true king, and the Holy Spirit. We will become a child of goodness, free from original sin. And then we will develop our spirit and be restored to the status of Jesus after having fulfilled the purpose of creation. As Paul said, we don't know what is going to come, but we know one thing, we will be like him. The mission of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, as I've explained, is to restore us. The teaching called the Trinity, which explains the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, has actually confused and divided Christians for thousands of years. But when we know the principle, it's easy to understand. In order to fulfill the purpose of creation, Adam and Eve have to be interdependent partners in reciprocal relationship centered on God. They need to have a reciprocal give and take and with each other and as an integrated body in the four position foundation centered on God become a trinity with God. Adam and Eve become one centered on God. This is the trinity, God, God's son, and God's daughter who are co-equal expressions of God's logos. One love in three persons, three persons, one in love. Originally, God's purpose in creating Adam and Eve was to establish them as the true parents of humankind in the four position foundation centered on God. Thus, God's purpose of creation started by building the Trinity. But since they fell, Adam and Eve built a Trinity and a four position foundation, but not centered on God, centered on Satan. Then the providence led to Christ and the Holy Spirit rebuilding the Trinity. And we call that a spiritual Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who forgive us and restore us as our spiritual true parents. It makes sense that Jesus will come again to form a substantial physical trinity for physical salvation centered on God and become a true parent both in spirit and flesh to restore us, to give us rebirth both spiritually and physically. That means we need to recognize the returning Jesus and his bride and receive rebirth through them. Reverend and Mrs. Moon explain the biblical teaching about engrafting the branch of the Messiah into us, not as individuals this time, but as couples in the holy marriage blessing. The fall took place as a couple, spiritually and physically, and it is restored as a couple, spiritually and physically. 
bestowing this holy marriage blessing is the mission of Reverend and Mrs. Moon, created by God, called by Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, and taught by the Bible. Now, how do we prepare for this? Can I just sign up? Actually, there are simple principled steps we can take. Where do we learn them? In the Bible. God began his work to bring this about a long time ago, right in Adam's family. And they are explained throughout the Holy Scriptures. So our next session will introduce the principles of restoration, the principles of preparation to receive the true parents, Messiah, and ultimately the holy marriage blessing, which is the path to happiness. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Next time tomorrow. Good presentation.